Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Let's now hear from someone who has been there, done that, and I expect Robert Holt will smash a few of those stereotypes that Marie talked about. Years ago, Robert had it all, wife, three daughters, and a job, but how things can turn around so quickly. His divorce drove him to grog. He lost his job and ended up destitute, living on the streets of King's Cross. After trying to take his own life, Robert headed to rehab and the work of God became clear in his life. He was gifted with an apartment in Sydney, furnished and fully paid for. From there, he found another job and more importantly, found God. It's an incredible story. Robert Holt, welcome to Open House. Thank you. It's great to have you with us, Robert. Thank you. There is a saying that we're all just two steps away from homelessness. How do you reflect on that? Oh, very much so. It's not something that you, um, you sit around and wait for every day. It's um, from top to bottom can take seconds, basically days. Uh, it can happen at any time. Eh? It's not something that um, yeah, you, you think it would happen to you, but um, yeah, it can happen to any person without a doubt. And the emphasis is on any person. That's right, without a doubt. I've met on the streets um, people from very um, wealthy backgrounds, uh, prominent positions in society. And, um, yeah, it's, it just takes, you know, a small thing that can actually um, flip you over the top and, um, yeah, land you on the streets without a doubt. Yes. Robert, paint us a picture of your life before you'd unraveled. Um, I was one of, with one of Australia's largest um, companies as a trainer instructor um, and doing quite well. Uh, three lovely daughters and a wife um, living in a beautiful house out west. And um, well, the day came where separation divorce was imminent, and um, I found myself living on my own um, and coming home to an empty place and uh, basically just started uh, drinking. I was never drinking in the week. Um, I'd have a drink here on the weekend, and eventually I was drinking in the week every day. My company um, tried to support me. They'd send me to uh, counselling to try to assist me. That didn't help. I couldn't see what I was doing to myself and what I was doing to my three daughters, the embarrassment upon them as well. Um, and it just it took basically six months from my divorce to um, I actually landed up on the streets. I wasn't paying my debts. I wasn't paying my vehicle, any of the debts that I basically had. And threw myself down into the bottle, gave up on everything else. So that's how fast it can happen, six months. Why do you think alcohol became so much of a problem for you? Um, I found liquor was the only thing that was what I thought at the time um, was making me feel better and um, trying to block out all the bad memories and um, trying to just get through day to day. It was so much easier just um, drinking and helping me forget. I At that stage, um, that's what I felt was, uh, was helping me. Where did you actually physically go when you say you ended up on the streets? What's that like where do you go? I was going to the cross um, prior to that. Um, actually, uh, what happened when I finished up with my company, they paid me out a large sum of money. And um, so I had money to burn as I didn't pre-train ahead. I um, didn't think of debt and setting myself up for the future. I just thought of the then and now. And, um, well, the cross was a 24-hour nightlife. I was I was going through depression um, on my own. So I just wanted to be around people. And, well, the cross was the best place to be. And... Um, 
that's where I met a lot of the homeless people in that, on the streets in that. Um, finish out in the clubs, three, four o'clock in the morning, find myself on the streets talking to these guys um, and girls, having drinks with them, started smoking marijuana with them. And um, so that's how easy it became for me that when I eventually um, lost my little um, pad, that I had already made friends out on the streets. So I just found it um, easy then to, with my bag, St. Canis Church and um, King's Cross, was the steps where we were, where my friends were actually sleeping, and that's where I want to go and sleep as well. Was there ever a time when you kind of took stock and was shocked about the circumstances that you'd so suddenly found yourself in? Certainly, definitely. I used to go around at night um, with one of my homeless friends and pick up cigarette butts because we were so down and out. We didn't have uh, money for cigarettes. Every bit of cent went on uh, liquor and that. So um, I would walk around the streets and pick up cigarette butts and roll it into rollies. And one night, at about well, one morning, about one thirty in the morning, we used to go to this 24-hour coffee shop, and um, there used to be a lot of people drinking coffee there, so we'd wait for them to finish up um, smoking and then to grab their cigarette butts. And I stood there in front of them, this couple having um, coffee and a muffin, and I actually attempted to make them feel embarrassed so they could get up so I could take their cigarette butts, and that's where it actually hit me. And uh, I was totally shocked with regards to the way I was behaving, and I then um, went back to the steps, and I didn't sleep the whole morning. Um, and early the next morning, I went to the Wayside Chapel to go and see Pastor Graham. So that was rock bottom for you? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, when you get to a stage where you stand in front of people trying to have a cup of coffee and um, you're trying to make them embarrassed so that they can, or make them feel uncomfortable so they could leave their table so you can um, jump into the ashtray, um, that's rock bottom. That was truly rock bottom for me. And at the Wayside Chapel... What happened to you there? What did they offer you? Wayside Chapel basically offered me someone that I could talk to, people that I could approach, spend time with. I had been in um, rehab and detox in hospital where they were basically offering me drugs and looking for every different types of medication to help me um, straighten myself out. Whether it's at Wayside Chapel, they um, uh, spent time with me, the staff, Pastor Graham would spend time with me and reflect on where I'd been and, and you know, what I was aiming to achieve. And I learned to um, yeah, to find peace in that again. I um, started going back to church. Uh, I hadn't been to church for a while, and just going back to church was something that uh, gave me a little bit more peace and more confidence that I was uh, certainly heading in the right track. It um, start, made me start believing in myself as well was another thing. And when I started believing in myself, that's when I gave up all the rubbish. As you were giving that rubbish up, how did you then reflect back on the depths to which you'd sunk? I was at times I was truly embarrassed. Um, I I found it very very difficult to um, accept what I had actually done and where I'd been, and that I'd just basically given up. Um, it was very very difficult, and even still today, I um, because I volunteer at the Wayside Chapel, I go there to continuously put everything in perspective for me, realising that, you know, that it could happen to any person and um, I'm lucky for where I am today. And through that, you ended up being housed again? Yeah, I was very, very fortunate. Um, one of the great um, uh, carers and sponsors and persons associated with Wayside uh, approached Pastor Graham and um, said to Pastor Graham that he would like to assist somebody who was able to assist themselves and willing to assist themselves if they were given a second chance. And um, Graham threw my name into the ring, and um, this uh, 
I call him my angel today. He's my very dearest angel. He um, uh, said that I should, uh, well, told Graham, Pastor Graham that I can go and find an apartment, and he would um, pay for rent for one year in advance for my apartment and fully furnish out my apartment with brand new furniture. He didn't even want me to get second-hand furniture. He wanted me to have everything brand new. Wow. With that, I was um, I was so lucky. You could just imagine coming from the streets. I was at times I was living um, before that. I was living um, homeless shelters and that, not having the opportunity to make my own cup of coffee when I wanted to, or get up and do what I wanted to, or even have a bed. So just to have something like that given to me was a great opportunity, and which allowed me then to um, start focusing on um, rebuilding myself. And it took it took another a couple of months, but I was able to get into the workforce again as well. And in the midst of this, you found God. I have. I've, you know, I've never. Um, I've grown up in South Africa. I grew up in a very conservative environment, um, very religious environment as well. Religion was basically forced down our throats. I used to go to church about four, or five times a week. So um, going into the military and my uh, uh, earlier part of my life, I, I turned against God and I turned against religion. And um, this. Uh, one of the best things that have come from this whole thing is that I've been able to find the real God and myself within God as well, which has made it um, much um, uh, much more comfortable, if I want to say as that. How do you reflect back now on the way God works in people's lives? Because, you know, from the outside, it might be a real puzzle to know, well, why did that happen? Well, one thing I know, it, um, uh, I know there's a verse in my time, you know, um, we uh, on the streets we we tend to want to have a change we want it now and something i've learned that is um you know god has never left me i know that now i know that for sure he never left me during my hard times he was with me all the time but he needed me to understand that um it was my choice of what i wanted to do and where i wanted to go and that i just needed to ask him to help me and to guide me and to trust and believe in him um it's times when I really believed God wasn't there, I truly believe now that he definitely was with me. I would not be alive today, definitely. And Robert, to those people who would have in their minds a stereotype in their minds tonight as we've been dealing with homeless, that these people on the streets are lazy or that's a choice that they've made, what would you say to them about that stereotype? Far from the truth. Honestly, far from the truth. There's no stereotype. It's, it's not about being laziness. People have had situations that have happened to them, incidents that have, have overcome them, and unfortunately they um, have just found themselves at the wrong end of the stick. Um, but certainly, you know, um, nobody wants to be homeless, uh, that's for sure. It's just they, uh, unfortunately, people give up on themselves and they just need... Um, Places like the wayside that he's willing there to help and assist staff like the uh, people at the wayside to give the time up and, um, you know, try to bring back that confidence in yourself again and belief in yourself. Robert Holt, I'm so glad you've joined us for this conversation on such a night. Thanks very much for joining us on Open House. It's a, it's a great pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Lee. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.